Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Thursday morning live devotional. Um, let me pray for us, and then we'll dive right into the Word. Yeah, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you are good. Thank you that your grace is more than sufficient for us. And I pray that this morning that you will speak through me, that you will touch our hearts, and um, yeah, just show us new and, and wonderful things from your Word. In the name of Jesus, amen. So I greet all of you. I'm not on my phone on Facebook or YouTube right now to check everything, but um, know that you are welcome and um, thank you for watching. Okay, so this morning I want to speak about um, bread for the sower and oh, bread for eating and seed for the sower. And um, yeah, it is something specific God said to me, and I'm sure you've heard about this before, and we spoke about it in finances, and I want to speak about it in the context of finances, but also something else. But let's start with the scripture in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. Okay, and it says, And God, who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating, will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can be generous and your generosity, as it is administered by us, will bring forth thanksgiving to God. For the service that the ministering of this fund renders does not only fully supply what is lacking to the saints, but it also overflows in many cries of thanksgiving to God. Okay, so Paul explains a principle here to them in the context of finances, and he says that God gives bread for eating, but he also gives seed for sowing. And I think sometimes it is somewhat difficult for us to make that distinction when we get money. Like, what is this for, for sowing and um, what of this is bread for my use that I should be eating? Now, there are a few things in the Word that you can check, like tithing, for example. And remember, tithing is not, was not instituted by the law. It was already um, Abraham um, gave a tithe unto... Um, was it unto Melchizedek or was it unto the Levites? Oh, I cannot remember, well, unto God, via via maybe something. But the point is, Melchizedek, which is um, the Prince of Peace, which is High Priest forever, which is Jesus, um, ministered the gospel to him. He gave him bread and wine. And in res response to the bread and the wine, which is the gospel, he gave a tithe. So the tithe um, principle come from before the law. Okay, so that's one thing, how you can guide what you give is by tithing. Hello, yellow, welcome. So that's one principle. And then also, um, you know, the, the word says that, that the mature sons of God are led by the Spirit. So that can also be something how you decide how you give sometimes. Um, but, but the point is that when God gives us something, there is for us to use, and there's also for sowing. And we shouldn't hold back the seed that we should be sowing, because then we don't have anything to, to plant. If we don't have anything to plant, there's no harvest. So it is God gives us the seed. How amazing is that? He, I think, did we read it now? No, we 
want to read it <clears throat> a little bit later, that he gives us the, the grace, okay? So grace comes sometimes in the form of something physical. Grace is not something, just the spiritual experience that it, it, uh, we have. Grace is something physical. So God gives you money, and then you can either use it for, um, for yourself, or you can sow it, or or both, depending on how the Spirit leads you. Okay, so this is the principle. Now, what, where I want to take it is, I was, this was a while back already, two, three months ago, and I was, was watching the series on TV, like, I don't know, I think, oh, The Good Doctor. <laughs> and um, <laughs> The Good Doctor, it is just, I mean, it is fictional, but yeah, it's funny. And I was literally binging this thing watching the one after the other. So I felt guilty, you know, I should be spending more time in the Word, that kind of thing. But the thing is, that feeling of guilt, of needing to spend time in, more in the Word, has come a long way. And I'm, I think for any person who wants to know Jesus, um, you might have felt this before. You are doing something and you feel you must be doing more. And this is something that I that constantly comes up in my mind. If I'm busy with this or with that, I feel, shouldn't I rather be praying? Shouldn't I rather be doing an outreach? Shouldn't I rather be um, spending time in the Word of God? And then God gave me this scripture specifically and said to me that he gives seed to the sower and bread for eating. Ach, Nico, kan ons nie die aircon aansit, sublief, voor ek kan die brand slaan. Dankie. <laughs> okay, so, and that was for me such like, boom, revelation, because the time that we have, he also gives us time, some for eating, so meaning for your own use, what you want to do, whatever, and also for sowing, okay? And that means um, it is a portion that we set aside and saying to God, okay, I'm spending this time, um, you know, pursuing specific things. Now, that, those specific things can be a whole lot of things. I mean, just spending time in the Word, worshiping, having relationship with Jesus, all of that. But sometimes it's maybe like going to lay your hands on the sick. And here are some people here this morning that uh, they're going to go on outreach to go and lay their hands on the sick. So um, I was just thinking, you know, at some stage I was having a conversation and I've heard it from, from various sources that people say, no, but you know what, we should be laying our hands on sick people in our daily life. You know, it should be so natural to us that when we get to a restaurant or, you know, wherever you go, you should be laying your hands on the sick. So doing an outreach, you know, I, you know that is so, um, not fake, but, you know, having to say that time, it should be in your natural life. Okay, great, that's, that's awesome, you know, do that, but do it then. You know, then do it. It is not always that easy to approach somebody that is maybe walking cripple and you're on your way to do shopping. You're like, should I approach this person or should not? But you can ask these people, something miraculous happens when you set the time aside and you say, now I'm going to go and pray for the sick. It's almost like you receive a boldness that, that you didn't have before. And yes, Definitely does it have to carry over to your life, but it doesn't diminish the, the power of setting the time aside to go lay your hands on the sick. And this is for everything in our lives that we can take this principle to, to set 
time aside to do something specific that God is showing you. And this I want to also emphasize, what is God showing you to do with your time? Okay, so especially in the culture these days, the busier you are, the more worthy you are, you know. Your worth is determined by the amount of things you were able to do in the day. And, you know, you brag about, oh, I slept less than you because I was busy with this and this and this, you know. It's like, almost like it's a competition, you know. And <laughs> that's great if you are so busy and so productive and have a set out of all of these things. But what did God say? You know, what, what did God say you should be busy with? And if God is not directing those things, you know, why are you doing it? I'm just thinking of um, scriptures from, is it Proverbs and Psalms? Um, a man can build a house, but if God does not build it, you know, you do it in vain. So we can be doing many things, even spiritual activities, you know. And if it is not directed by God, you do it in vain. So this is something that Herod has taught me in terms of time for doing spiritual activities. So I want you to hear this together. Yes, set the time apart. But the amount of what you experience in the spirit is not necessarily measured by the time. You cannot say like one minute equals this much spirit. Thus, if I spend an hour in prayer, it equals this much spirit. You cannot do that, you know. It's an unseen thing. It is about the connection of the heart. So, um, but what is then also true, if you look at people that pray three, four hours a, a day, you will see the fruit in their life. But the reason why they pre pray, you know, three, four hours a day is because um, they started seeing the results in their life and they know they want to go, go deeper. So time is connected, but time is not connected. You know, I can be praying for a minute in the spirit or just praying for a minute and another person can be praying for a minute and they might see results and I not, meaning, you know, <laughs> spiritual results. I don't know how to say it. But the things obviously where you can measure it is in the power that we walk. You know, is your prayers getting answered? When you lay your hands on the sick, are they getting healed? And yes, obviously, all of us need to grow. We're not saying that sis, well, you know, is That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, turn to Jesus and hear what he is saying. Okay, so I want to continue on the seed for sowing, and I want you to, um, to take it in the context of finances and of time. So let's go to Ecclesiastes 11. And we're going to read from verse 4. He who observes the wind and waits for all conditions to be favorable will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Okay. So he's saying, listen, if you're going to wait for everything to be perfect in your life to do something, then you will never sow and you will never reap. That's the thing. The principle still is when you sow, you will reap. As long as the earth remains, the word says, there will be sowing or, uh, and harvesting. What's the other word? It uses different words, but that's the principle. So there will be sowing and there will be harvesting. But if you wait for everything to be perfect before you sow, you will never do it and therefore not harvest. Okay. So, um, so, yeah, so, <laughs> so, so. <laughs> um, let's look at time. You can say, okay, Listen, I have kids right now. 
So just when they grow up, I will have more time on my hands to spend time in the Word. No, it's not going to happen because there will be something else. Okay. I am very busy right now, so I'm not going to do an outreach. And I'm not shaming those of you. Obviously, you cannot come and do an outreach. But I'm saying, um, let's maybe put a time aside in the week. Let's say in your lunchtime, take 10 minutes and say, you know what? When I take my lunch break at work, and I know one of the people here at our, our church has, has um, testi testified about that, then go out on the street and say, I'm just going to pray for one person. Okay. And on a Wednesday, you know that's what you're going to do. You say that side, time aside, and most probably you will go and pray for more people before you find yourself because it gives you life. Okay. But the thing is, if you just wait for everything to be perfect, you know, one day when I have Saturdays available again, then I'm going to go and do this. One day when you know, these things in terms of time and finances. I don't have a salary right now, so I'm not saving anything. But one day when I get this much money, then I'll start saving. No, start with what you have, even if it's one rand, even if it's 10 cents. Okay, start with something that you have. Even if you don't get money, what can you give? Can you maybe give a shirt that you have to somebody else? Even something as simple as that. Or even something smaller. Or share food that you have with somebody else. Whatever is in your hand. And obviously if you have more, then more. Okay. So if we wait until things are perfect, we will never reap. Okay. Now, I want us to go to Galatians 6. So Galatians 6 can almost give you a bit of a fright. And so I said to Jesus, speak to me. I want to understand this. Okay, so Galatians 6, verse 6 and 7. Let him, him who receive instruction in the word of God, share all good things with his teacher. Do not be deceived and deluded and misled. God will not allow himself to be sneered at. He inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God. For whatever a man sows, that and that only is what he will reap. And you're thinking, leave a father. <laughs> now, I've been watching TV for so long. I wonder what I've been putting into my mind, you know. Is that the only thing I will reap? And yes, of course, we need to look what, what the things are that, that we allow into our lives. But, you know, that kind of makes it very restrictive. Only what I sow, I will reap. And, you know, if you go by the principle of the sower, you know, he says, uh, is it tenfold, sixtyfold? or 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, you know, you, you're hoping for the 100-fold, but maybe you don't get it, you know. And, um, <coughs> <coughs> sorry, so maybe you're like, oh my goodness, is this fruitful ground I've been sowing into, maybe I'm not going to get an harvest, and you know, this can put a lot of fear in your, in your heart. But this is what God showed to me. Let's go to, um, back to 2 Corinthians 9. Verse 6. Remember this. You sow sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. So he's speaking about two things. He's speaking about amount, sparingly, but he's also speaking about attitude, grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone will also reap generously 
and with blessings. Let each one give as he has made up in his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully, so speaking about the attitude again, or under compulsion. So that is the law, you know, the thing that you have in your mind. We need to do only this or just like this. For God loves, he takes pleasure in, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do giver whose heart is in his giving. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing, come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient for every good work and charitable donation. Okay. So God is saying, yes, the amount too. Because let's say you have a million rand and you only give one rand. Um, and that's a good place to start if you only want to give one rand from a million rand. You know, that's a good place. But also know that the harvest is also small. But it's a good place to start. But somebody, like the lady with the two pens, pennies, whatever that was, that gave everything, her reward is great. So yes, the amount counts. Not because somebody's making calculations, but it's between you and God. But then also, the attitude counts, I almost want to say, so much more. Because God is... He is... Um, Happy. Let's just say happy. He's happy <laughs> with somebody who is happy to give. Okay. So when we are grudging and when we are sorrowful about what we do, um, we are basically sowing to the flesh. So I want you, let's read that scripture, John 4. Where is the scripture? I don't think I wrote it down. Okay. Let me just speak, speak, speak about it. The word says, those who sow to the flesh will reap to the flesh. And those who sow to the Spirit will reap from the Spirit. So this is what God said to me. If we go back to um, Galatians 6 saying, only what you sow will you reap. This is what he said. If you sow to the flesh, the only thing that you will reap is fleshly things. If you sow to the Spirit, the only thing that you will reap is spiritual things. Now, sometimes it can be, the thing is, how do you measure that? Because, Janneke? Well, so I was just one verse short, Galatians 6, verse um, 8. Let's read that. For he who sows to his own flesh, lower nature, will from the flesh reap decay, and ruin and destruction. But he who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Okay. So God said this to me. Like, to sow to the Spirit can look natural. You know, I mean, to give finances in faith. That is the key word that makes it either spiritual or to the natural. If you don't do something in faith, then you it's a natural thing that you do. You are giving your time. You are pitching to go and lay hands on the sick. You're giving your money into a basket. It's natural things. But because you do it in faith, you're sowing to the Spirit. The same with prayer. Let's say, for example, you say, I'm going to set aside an hour to pray now, and you pray. If you do this in faith, 
Believing that God hears you and that he is the rewarder of those that love him. Believing that God hears every prayer and that he's going to bring fruit. By faith, you pray because you are expecting something. Then it is sowing to the Spirit. But if you just pray because that is what you have to do. I have to pray. You know, I'm a poor me. I'm a Christian. I have to pray. Then they will, you know, you're just wasting your time. That is what you're doing. You give yourself a maagseer. Verstaan. So, uh, Whatever we sow to the Spirit, and that is what he means by whatever ever you sow, that only will you reap. It means natural versus spiritual. Okay. So, then in verse 9, I think 2 Corinthians 9, he says, Do not lose heart. Continue in faith because you will reap at the appointed season. And now I want to go to John 4, verse 38. Let's go a few verses back um, from verse 35. Do you not say, it is still four months until harvest time comes? Okay. And Jesus spoke to me earlier this year. And he said to me, do you not say? And then immediately it said, do not say. <laughs> do not say, it is still four months until harvest time. Do not say that. Look, I tell you, raise your eyes and observe the fields and see how they are already white for harvesting. Already the reaper is getting his wages, for he is gathering fruit unto life eternal, so that he who does the planting and he who does the reaping may rejoice together. For in this the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps, and I sent you to reap a crop for which you have not toiled. Other men have labored and you have stepped in to reap the results of their work. Now, how amazing is that? Just in Galatians 6, he says, listen, you will only reap what you sowed. Now he said, no, 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 you will reap what you did not even sow. Okay. When we sow into the Spirit we will reap much greater results than, like I said, you cannot measure one minute to one unit spirit. 60 minutes, 60 unit spirit. Okay. You basically tap into people who have in generations, and I've spoken about this before, generations before you have sown into the spirit, has broken open things for you, and in a moment when you connect to the spirit, you reap all of that. So the very important thing is, is are you sowing to the flesh or are you sowing to the spirit? And this is in everything you do. Wherever you're going to budget in terms of your finances and in terms of time is where you are going to reap results. So for example, if you budget time, set time aside to spend with your children, for example, then you will reap relationship. Okay, same with Jesus. If you set time aside to spend with Jesus, what will you really re 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 reap? <laughs> eternal life. You will reap eternal life. You will reap life. Okay, but you will reap much more when your inclination or your attitude is to do what you do joyfully. So, in the same way, when you set time aside to go and pray for the sick or to pray, don't be like, oh, now I have to spend time in the Word, you know. No, say to Jesus, you rule over your flesh. We, um, we have the mind of Christ. So, yes, we do not always feel like it. 
But as soon as you start and you say, by this I'm going to do by faith, you will see the results. Let me see if we're going to do... Yeah, let me just tell you this story. You know, in Matthew 25, um, there's different versions of the, the story, but this owner goes away to another country, and he gives to his, let's say, employees um, um, 100 rand, 500 rand, and 1,000 rand. And he goes. And the guy who receives the 100 rand puts it underneath his mattress on his bed, and he's like, I am so scared of this master of mine. I don't want to do anything with this money. When he comes back, I want to just give him the 100 rand back. The guy who got the 500 rand um, goes and he invests it somewhere. And he, he takes the risk to say, I'm going to invest this 500 rand and hopefully I will get the return. The same with the guy with the 1,000 rand who received it. He, he w took the risk to invest. And this is what God showed to me. When we hold back... Because of fear. Because what, what happened with the guy with the one talent? It was fear. Fear is to sow to the flesh. You will reap only destruction. Because what happened? You know, Jesus or that guy took away even the hundred rand and said, Hey, you liar. You know, you know that I demand even more from, from you know, what I did not even lay before. The, the, the employer said. And then to the five hundred rand and the thousand rand guys, he said, I give you double what you had, okay? And I put you over cities on, you know, as rulers, and I give you more responsibility, but also more benefit. Um, because they took the risk. What is risk? It's faith. Okay? Risk is faith. It is to step out and do something whether you know exactly what the outcome is going to be or not. You don't always know, but you need to step out in faith. So, um, last scripture I want to read from Psalm 126. Let me read the whole chapter. It's so short. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like those who dream. Then were our mouths filled with laughter and our tongues with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has really done great things for them. And the Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Turn to freedom our captivity and restore our fortunes, O Lord, as the stream in the south, in the Najib, Najib are restored by the torrents. They who sow in tears shall reap in joy and singing. Now, Let me read. He who goes forth bearing seed and weeping at needing his precious supply of grain for sowing shall doubtless come back again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Meaning that the tears with the sowing doesn't mean the attitude was wrong. The tears with the sowing was it cost you something. It costs you something. It costs you something to pitch up here and give up your time. You could be lying down at home watching movies, you know, but you came. It costs you something to set the time aside to do what God shows you. But when God leads you into to, to something, like to, to give seed in terms of finances or to set aside time to do something, he will also give grace to the giver. He supplies you generously with grace. So the thing I want to say to you today is that hear from the Spirit how you should budget your money and your time. Budget, just, you know, using the word. Meaning, 
What should you be giving from what you get? And this is an ongoing conversation, you know, it's just not a one-off thing. And with your time, what should you be doing with your time? Is there things that's taking up your time that you shouldn't be keeping yourself busy with? Let it go. I know it can be hard because that's your comfort zone. That is what you are used used to it. But then rather do what God shows you to do. And even if that is to rest, <laughs> you know, especially in this busy culture, people are just busy, 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 busy. If God shows you to rest, rest, and then rest properly, you know, to, to regain the strength, you know. There's so much that God can show you. So to, to sit down and to rest or to take a break is not ungodly. You need to do it. So ask God what you should be doing. So I really hope this, this did something for you. And I'm sorry if I was a bit all over the show, but um, this is what God has been speaking to me. So let me pray for us, and then I'll greet you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray that you will speak to us, even now, even today, and that you will just show us how we should invest our time and our money, how we should invest our energy, our resources, everything that we have, and help us to be reminded that everything we do, We can do by faith, Lord Jesus. Faith is now. We do not have to wait for four months until we see the harvest time. We do not have to wait. We can look up and see and receive now what you have prepared and set out for us. So, Lord Jesus, now we ask you to send your Holy Spirit to come and touch our lives, to open our eyes, open our ears, to hear you, to experience you. And I pray that right now that you will give us the power to minister unto people, to minister even unto our own downcast soul sometimes, that we will be lifted up, even to minister unto our bodies if there's any sickness, that there will be healing right now. Come, Holy Spirit, come and touch us right now. We ask for your favor, for your grace, and for your life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.